Hello and welcome to the Innovation Forum podcast with me, B. Stevenson. I'm delighted to be joined today by Deborah Osei-Mensa, a farmer with Osanafo Cocoa Cooperative in Ghana. Today we're going to be talking about Deborah's experience of cocoa farming in a changing climate as part of a wider Innovation Forum podcast series. So Deborah, it would be great if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your cocoa farm. My name is Deborah Osei-Mensa, a farmer, cocoa farmer from Ghana, and then also work as the operations manager for Osanafo Cooperative. It's a factory certified small producer organization based in Ghana, and we do produce cocoa. I am working on a 2.5 acres cocoa farm within the Sunafo North Municipality. I have been a farmer, I always say since birth, because my parents are farmers. But professionally, I started to be my own farmer or be uh, working on my own farm around 2015. And it's been a great experience. Of course, I'm also a veteran certified farmer because I'm a member of Asunafo Cooperative. Over the time that you've been farming, how have you seen your crops and maybe your livelihood being impacted by more extreme weather patterns and obvious impacts of climate change? When you look at the agricultural sector, the farming sector, it really depends on the environment. Cocoa, for instance, thrives very well when there's a good weather condition, when there's moderate sunlight, there's moderate rainfall at a time. And so over the years, I remember when I was very young, following my parents to farm, I realized they have a proper plan because they know when it's going to rain. And it really helped them to plan the various activities on the farm. But recently, things have changed. There's excess of sunlight, there's excess of rainfall, and this is really affecting our crops when there's excess of sunlight, this results in premature ripening of fruits. So instead of the fruits that the cocoa pot to mature before it ripes, at the very small age, because of the heat, it ripes. And once it happens that way, you cannot harvest it. You just have to throw it away. And then sometimes when the heat becomes too much, the soils dries up. And once the trees are not getting enough water, you realize your trees are also dying off. The leaves becomes yellow. And then eventually, if there's no rain, then the trees go off. And so when this happens, the farmer ends up losing a lot of uh, productivity. And then the other end, when there's excess rainfall, there's so much diseases because under the trees, it's very cool. There's this fungi disease, there's pests on our pores, on the trees. And they all end up reducing the quality of beans that a farmer we are supposed to get and then also reduce our productivity. Once a cocoa is about 30 years, the productivity and naturally reduce. And so the farmer will have to replant. But if you want to replant, now because of the heat, the survivor also becomes risky. It's very difficult to get 100 or sometimes even 80% of your young plant surviving. We fear the sustainability of our cocoa. It's also at risk. Then when you are talking about, we are also looking at the food security. If we are not able to plant new ones, if the new ones are not surviving, then in the next 20 years, those we are harvesting now will not be able to produce much. And so there, it will be difficult to also get the food that people around the world also depend on us for. So these are some of the causes an impact we are having from the climate recently. With all of these impacts, 
So, I mean, research has definitively shown that women are disproportionately impacted by climate change, especially in the agriculture sector as well. Have you seen women farmers being impacted more than men or differently to men at all? And what would this look like? As a woman farmer, I think I've experienced this. You know, agriculture itself is a hardworking field. It needs a lot of labor. And so when you compare the strength of a man and a woman, which is not the same, it becomes very difficult for a woman to undertake most of the activities on the farm. When we talk about weeding, sometimes you can weed, but not to the extent of a man. We talk about pruning. It's a bit difficult for women to do the pruning of themselves. And so I was calculation. You realize the woman activities, they have to depend on labor. Like I talked, it should be a labor work, then a spraying of the farm. Some of the maintenance, a woman will have to depend on labor. And that costs a lot. But at the end of the season, the price is the same. The price is the same for a man. The price is the same for a woman. And so if you are going to calculate the profit, you realize women will have less profit because they invest more. But if a man, they are able to do most of the management practices and depend less on labor. And so at the end of it, you realize they have more money as profit. And some of uh, the machineries, Another input used on the farm is not women-friendly. It's very difficult for a woman to carry a spraying machine or a pruning machine. And so you have to hire a man labor, but men can do this. And so these are some of the difficulties women face in the industry. So always we are seen at the losing side because the little you get as a price, you have to invest more. And then you have less to take care of the house and then of yourself as well. Are you able to adapt to less predictable seasons and weather patterns in any way? And what are the best ways that you've been able to do that? As a fair trade certified producer, one of the benefits we have is the numerous trainings and guidance we get from fair trade and then also other partners and stakeholders. As a farmer, consistently we receive training on adaptive measures where we are thought to plant more trees in our cocoa farm to serve as a shade where we are advised when to spray the farm. We are advised on the various management practices to prune the farm well so that when there's excess rainfall, there's chances for air to circulate well and then the little sunlight you get to shine so that most of the diseases will not affect your plants. And so we have the trainings and that is really helping us to adapt in our own way. And then also with the premiums we receive, we are able to do a little investment into our farms. Some of the labor costs, because if 20 years back, you have to weed your farm like twice. Now you have to do more just to make sure you are ahead of any climate impact. And so with this premium received, we are able to invest. And then also we have other stakeholders coming in to also support us with adaptive practices that farmers can do to protect our crops and then have enough productivity to support us. And in terms of other stakeholders, I wondered whether you had a call to action for how other actors in the supply chain, so maybe the businesses who buy your crops, can help and support you. To other buyers, what we want is for them to commit and paying a fair price. Majority of us depends on cocoa as our major source of livelihood. And so any change in price 
really affect us, either negative or positive. And so I call on all actors and buyers to pay fair prices to farmers. Adapting to climate, it's very costly to do all the management practices to make sure at the end of the season, you have something to feed on. It's very expensive. And so once a farmer gets a fair price, we have that money to invest before we even look for other projects to support us. And so we calling on them to be committed, pay that fair price to a farmer, let us have that money to invest, and then also have the money to do other businesses that will support us. And then also farming is becoming risky with this climate change. And so this risk should not be given just to the farmer to face it. It should be shared with all buyers. So we are asking buyers, share the risk with us, support us mitigate this climate, support us mitigate some of the problems and risk in our production line. So that at the end of it, we all share the benefits. Because if I'm able to produce quality beans, it will also help your factory produce quality products. And so we are calling on them. Let's share this risk. And then also the last thing I will talk about, there are innovations to support farmers adapt to climate. But these innovations are mostly expensive to us, we feel because our ideas were not taken into consideration. And so they even come sometimes it cannot be even implemented or it, you have to find it very difficult implementing it at the local level. And so we are calling on buyers. When you want to come up with innovation for policymakers, government, please sit with us, have a meaningful engagement with us, know what is going on, know what will work within our areas so that when we come up with an activity, a machinery or any innovation, when we bring it down to our farmer level, we can work with it and we can earn a good resource. This is what we are calling them to do, to support us all have a very good production for our families and also for businesses and consumers as well. Thank you so much, Deborah. Some very clear calls to action. Thank you for sharing your experiences and your thoughts on the podcast. Thank you for having me.